Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm flying home by Perisic. It's Eric Dyer. Bang! Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they done it! What a strike by Bissouma. Audius flying in again and wins it. Great work from Romero. What a save by Lloris. Jed Spence. Oh! Off the bar of Kulisewski. Kulisewski. The strike at Gasson. Scores. Crossing Kane. Can you truly believe this? Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us for the big match preview as we look ahead to Chelsea to come on Sunday for Tottenham Hotspur. Huge, huge game in the context of both teams' season for Tottenham, of course, trying to get in the driving seat for that top four and for Chelsea looking to find some kind of form under under fire manager Graham Potter. If you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're across all major audio platforms. We're of course on Twitter, at last word on Spurs, we're on Facebook and Instagram too. And joining me on this last word on Spurs, I'm joined by the brilliant Ricky J Norwood. Joining Ricky, we're joined by Dan Morgan, of course, over at the Dr. Tottenham podcast. Please make sure you go and check them out. Great, great listen on a Monday morning commute. And we're also joined by Christina Zandes making up our panel as we look ahead, of course, to Chelsea to come on Sunday. Ricks, if I can open up the show with you. Look, it was, to be fair, we went from a torrid week with a really good result against West Ham, in which, I'll be honest with you, I think in the context of our season, that could prove to be a huge, huge three points. Once again with Tottenham, a very so start, which then in turn saw a completely contrasting second half where Tottenham were a lot more aggressive, a lot more front foot. You could argue and say that we're playing against the West Ham side that were, to some degree, out of form and, of course, battling relegation. But your thoughts on that win against West Ham and how much could that be a massive, massive pivotal turning point in our season with Chelsea to come on Sunday? When we play against West Ham, it's always a battle. We, we we know it's their cup final. We know that even if they've had a bad season, that when they play Tottenham, that they put everything into it and they turn into this this next football play inside and they, they can score from outside the box and stuff like that. And, you know, they, they, they could be 2-0 down at one point and win 3-2. We've seen, we've seen the battle and we know it's always a fight with West Ham. And, 
you know what? In that first half, I was expecting a lot more from them, to tell you the truth. Yes, they started fast in the first 10 minutes, but I think that's part of the tactics of the opposition right now. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it's been... It's been our trait this season that we always start slow and that the first half ain't that great. So I think that it's a tactic now that the opposition teams that are facing us kind of go, go at them. Go at them early and go at them hard. And you know what I mean? Like first half, go get your goals. Put them under pressure. Get get their heads dropped and we'll go and win this game. So I did expect a lot more from West Ham. And you know what? In the first half, I think both sides were, were, were pretty flat-ish. But you know what? We worked ourselves into the game little bit by little bit. After those first 10, 15, 10, 15 minutes uh, of, of West Ham having a couple of shots and being on the attack, I think we pretty much took control. I think we pretty much dominated the game. I think we pretty much was in control of their, their attackers and uh, even the, 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 the back three, back five. They, they were comfortable in defence, I think. And then obviously second half, they've had a word with each other. Got a couple of notes from uh, Conte uh, over there in his his recovery bed in Italy, and suddenly they woke up again and they started playing some good football. I thought Skippy done really well. Um, I think it's it's good that he's getting a, a little bit of a run of game, starts to get a bit of rhythm into his game because it's been very stop start for him. I thought Davies was fantastic at left wing back. I thought on the defensive side, you know, he's always solid, but going forward, he showed a turn of pace, not rapid pace. But Ryan Sessegnon is supposed to have rapid pace and he doesn't get up and down as quick as we would like either. So um, he definitely used his pace to his advantage, but was intelligent. He put crosses in, he made runs. I mean, look at that Hoiberg uh, pass again, um, uh, that you know took out three, four West Ham players and yeah. the run from Davies to get onto it, to pass it to Emerson Royale. You know, a proper Conte goal, wing back to wing back. So once we started cooking, you know, we started to look good and... Um, there's, we all know that there's a lot more to come from this Tottenham side. And I know it's a long time coming. Do you know what I mean? The last time we actually clicked into gear was probably Man City, I can say, the, the last Man City game, maybe the first game against Southampton. And then it was that period, period of eight to ten games towards the end of last season where we was really clicking and cooking. So um, I thought it was a good performance overall. Um, I, you know, Richarlison as well... It, He's, he's, he hasn't got no rhythm to his game. Again, another one that's been plighted by injuries pre-World Cup and after World Cup. So there's a, still a lot more to come from him. Same with Kulu. Kulu's been up and down. He, we might have rushed him back a bit. So he still hasn't got into his rhythm yet. And, and to give everybody a bit of peace of mind, I would go back to when we first signed him. When we first signed him, the first couple of games, he, you know, everyone was like, oh, has he got any pace? It, we was questioning certain things. And no, they, those were the first two to three games. But as soon as he started getting in, in, into to top gear, he was flying and he's a totally different dynamic player and he totally changed our season, last season. So now going into the business end of the season, I'm really hoping with all the talks that the boys have had, with all of the, you know, the kind of the, the no holds bars talks that they've had while Conte's been away, I really hope that they're on the mission and that they're up for the fight right now going into the business end. So I'm really pleased with the win. Look, West Ham were a poor side when they played against us. Like I said, they didn't really put up much fight. They're in the relegation battle themselves, but it's never an easy game against them. And I'm just happy that, that not only did we win 2-0, but there was a wing-back to wing-back goal. Sonny come on and, and scored a dynamite, proper, classic Sonny goal. And, um, you know, the boys were up for it. So for three big points, clean sheet, Forster uh, in goal as well, clean sheet. 
there's not much more you can complain about. Yes, flat first half, but what can you say? It's, it's, it's how we finish. It's not how we start, even though I would like to start a bit quicker. Yeah, no, you're right. Listen, I think, to be fair, we've become accustomed to that for sure, those um, those slow starts. Christina, coming around to you. Yeah, I think, again, we have to put in the context. Otherwise, listen, it's a, it's a massive win for Tottenham in terms of where it puts us into the table. But we can't get away from the fact that it was against a very, very poor West Ham side, a West Ham side that have been battling relegation. When you look at that first half in comparison to the second half, where, where does that sit for you? Do you still feel that result needs to be taken into a really good, well, context of where Spurs want to be and want to try and push on because it does put us now into a place where top four we're in a really, really good position. Yeah, I mean, second half FC all the way. Um, but th- this uh, that game against West Ham, though, it was brilliant, that second half. Absolutely brilliant. West Ham were appalling. Um, I honestly, I, I really liked the rotation that we had as well uh, with Richardson. And then bringing on uh, Sonny. I don't see it as dropping Sonny with, um, you know, not having him play first. It is rotation at the end of the day. And I think it's great for Richardson because he needs to be getting on the pitch more. He needs to build up his confidence. You know, he hasn't been doing it that much um, for us this season. So, again, like, that is what exactly we need. We need rotation at the moment. Um, I know we're going to bring on to Emerson Royale, but unbelievable game for him. Again, sensational. Like, he was... On his confidence is building and building and the progress, I'm absolutely loving it. And I don't care what people say, like he's a bad player. At the end of the day, if he's going to stay, then put fine and he can, he can progress. But as well, we need to think about the values of these players if we're going to sell mm. them. So yeah. that's, you know, both ways, it's good for us. I've got into that with you, Christina. To be fair, you've, you've backing him for, for, you know, quite arguably a number of weeks, even before he had this current run of form where he has really shown himself to be, you've got to say, undroppable now to some degree. He has been Spurs' best player over the course of the last two or three games. Do you put it down to Pedro Porro coming in to give him that competition? Or do you more put it down to the fact that Spurs letting Doherty go and keeping hold of Emerson almost gave him a sense of confidence that the club, Conte, the ball to some degree, do feel that he's still right to be at the football club? I think it is both pretty much. When you see him on the pitch now, you can see that he's got, he's not doing the no looks pass now. He's, he just seems so much more confident. And I think as well, there were so many people that were cheering him on on the pitch, which is exactly what I said before. People that are booing him, that does not help any of the players. We need to be building up these players' confidence on the pitch. It's so, so important that we don't drag these players down. So I think it's been it's been both ways, really. Um, he's seen that there's now competition and he's going for it. And good for him. I mean, I do, I am hoping to see Pedro Porro, you know, later on. Um, so again, it's rotation. If we see Emerson Royale is just, you know, needing to have like a little break. Bring on Pedro Porro, see what he can do. That's what it's all about now. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm buzzing. I honestly can't tell you how much I'm buzzing for it. <laughs> I'm absolutely loving it. And, you know, man of the match, again, it's been, what, twice now this this season. Um, yeah. So, yeah, 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 I'm absolutely happy for him. So happy. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Christina. It's, it's, a sad, it's a sad indictment if you can't be pleased for a player that has been through the run of the mill with Spurs. At one point, I mean, literally being booed off the pitch when he was coming on. Mm-hmm. to now being applauded by all four corners of the stadium. I think that I mean, kind of tells you where things are at, right? It's unbelievable. We were, all, we were all shouting. As soon as he got the ball, everyone was shouting, shoot! <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> no, it is. It is fantastic to see. Just a note on the screen there. I must say, we're, we're almost 
buying players from Doctor Tottenham or loaning players from Doctor Tottenham almost like it's going out of fashion. The fact that we're making more signings and the club itself says it all. We've had Vass, now we've had Dan. It's, we have to obviously crossover show at some point. Love to have Dan back over here from uh, the Doctor Tottenham podcast. Dan, to ask you, mate, firstly, love to have you back on. It's been a very, very long time since you've been on here, so forgive me on that one. But got to get your thoughts on the West Ham game and also what you've made so far of maybe, I'm trying to put this in the most politest way, um, the lack of impact of Kulisevsky and Richarlison since the World Cup. Admittedly, both coming back from separate respective injuries. But is this a time now where we do need both of those players to really step up when you see the key players Spurs do have out now this season and drive us and continue that push for the top four? Well, uh, they're kind of different different case subjects, I think, because I think Richarlison has not really had a lot, a ton of ton of game time. He's had a few minutes here and there. And I think, was it his first start the other day? I think it might have been first start since back. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, with him, I can see he's probably a bit, bit match rusty. He's probably just not quite, you know, at the races, etc. But Kudaseski's a little bit of a worry for me because his form has been a little bit off since the World Cup, come back from the World Cup. And I know he did have an injury, but you just kind of thought that, you know, he had six weeks rest. He didn't go to the World Cup with Sweden. So I'll be honest, it's a little bit of a worry for me. And do you know what also is quite interesting in terms of those new players that come in is that um, we didn't see Dan Juma, didn't get anywhere near the pitch against West Ham because uh, Lucas came on. Um, Porro didn't come on at all because obviously Emerson Morales was having an absolute flyer. So it's, 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 it's quite interesting that you know, none of the new players that we signed in January, who we wanted to sign, everyone said at the start of it was like, oh, we need them to make a quick impact, a big impact. Neither of them have yet. So... There's plenty of good things to look forward to, I, I hope, with those two. You know, you know what I love having you on, Dan, when I listen to the Dr. Tottenham podcast, with your, obviously, base in Spain a lot of the time, you get mm-hmm. the real eloquent of accent there on a federal <laughs> bottle. You get the you know, real come across there. Almost like it's, you know, natural. You know, we're just, I'm just a real commoner. Pedro Porro, you know, and a lovely accent to it. Oh, I feel so it- out of touch when... <laughs> it's listening to my girlfriend and her mum all, all week. I, uh, I pick up the accent <laughs> Feeling so jealous. Dan, let's also ask you about your thoughts on Conte at the moment. I mean, we understand from Stellini's post-match press conference after that West Ham game that we're not going to be expecting Antonio Conte back in that dugout for West Ham, sorry, for Chelsea at the weekend. Probably the earliest now we're looking at potentially might be AC Milan Mm -hmm. or Sheffield United. I think, again, I think Wolves, again, is also being mentioned in there. Um, is it a concern to you, Dan, that he's not around at the moment, Conte, or are you fairly happy given, I think, Stellini's current record at Tottenham is, well, it's quite remarkable. Obviously, he's won every game with an unbelievable aggregate scoreline as well, too, which I am going to mention in a second. So tell me your thoughts on the fact Conte isn't around and Stellini does seem to be getting these results out of place. Well, yeah, he's, he's three out of three, isn't he, Stellini? I think Marseille 2-1 yeah. and then the last yep. two games. Um, you'd have five, thought... five one aggregate scoreline, Dan, I oh, must there, add there. There, five, there you go. Not bad, is it? <laughs> No, it's not bad at all. And the thing is, the one thing, I, you know, I think over a period of time, like a, like a longer period of time, a longer sort of sample size, I think it's not good not having your head coach around. I think it can be detrimental. But at the same time, so far, what all you can say is that the fact Conte isn't here isn't, isn't actually doing us harm at the moment. But then those big nights against, you know, Milan and um, Chelsea this weekend, in fact, which you're going to talk about, it's kind of, it's kind of nice to see him on the bench. But I mean, Stellini's doing a fine job, and I, I guess for the time being, it's just it is what it is. I mean, how long's Milan away? Is it two weeks? So yeah, he's, he's yeah, got two quite weeks a while. Then, yeah, yeah, so. four away. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's interesting. Rick's come around to you. 
And I think we can't get away from the fact that as many are picking up on the fact, look, Conte is still very much heavily involved when it comes to the selection, when it comes to even the in-game management and tactics. I mean, from what we understand, he was actually managing the tactics from afar in Italy. And it is hard because I suppose for him as a head coach, you know, he's almost a prisoner to some degree of what he can see by TV angles. So what he isn't going to see, which is what Stellini and Mason would see, is essentially after a player takes a run, and obviously you can see how you know knackered they are and they maybe need to refresh. Conte's not privy to that to some degree. So he's got to really trust and rely in Mason and Stellini to be making those right judgment calls. And from what we understand, even on the weekend against West Ham, they were still having to revert back to Conte when they wanted to make the substitutions, when they wanted to change in-game tactics. Um, so how much do you put the current run down to Stellini when he has been in charge? Or are you of the mindset that it is very much still a collaborative effort? I think it is a collaborative effort. I think, um, but they all respect Conte and Conte is the man. And I think that as you were speaking there um, and asking me that question, it kind of took me back to when we was first linked with Conte, when we ended up signing Nuno Espirito Santo. And I don't know whether you remember that rumour, and it was only a rumour, I don't know whether it was true or not, but um, I don't know whether you remember that, I think it was Levy or the club, they didn't want to pay out for all of Conte's staff. And that was one of the stumbling blocks just before Nuno. And so when we ended up signing Conte, we signed all of the staff that he wanted to sign. And there's a reason for that, because he really does trust and believe in, his, in, the, in the people that he works with. You know, um, you see what type of bond he had with, uh, you know, rest in peace Ventrone and, and how much that affected him. So I, I kind of look at the rest of the staff and kind of go, he really does trust them and really has a strong bond with them, an emotional bond with them. So, of course, they're going to be back and forth. And, of course, Delini and Mason, they're going to check in with Conte on certain things. But he also trusts them to make a snap decision if they need to make that snap decision. So if you're talking about it, seeing a player tired or, like, you know, maybe they're about to pull up with an injury, let's prevent that injury. Or I think that Conte has full trust in his staff to make those decisions at the time that it's needed. Do you know what I mean? And... Um, um, it, it, and it also, like, with, with the staff and the players, there's, especially when the boss is away, there's a thing, right? Like, so some say that, that the shackles will be off, but from what I've seen is, is like, uh, an ownership of responsibility. So, so while the boss is away, instead of, like, slacking, everyone's pulled up and kind of, I've heard about these meetings that they've had and, I've, um, you know, that, you know, uh, they've been playing for Conte and... You know they want to do they they want to put in a real big effort uh, and, and take the responsi- responsibility on their own backs as a collective as a, and as individuals to kind of push this side and get the results and the, and 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 the performances that we need to push forward. So we're seeing that a little bit by a little bit, you know. Um, Have we lost Rick and so, Dan? Oh, can you hear me? Can you not hear me? One minute. No, I thought I was in. Am I in? I, I, Am I gone? I can Am hear. I, you. I can hear. You. I can hear. You. So so wait, you can hear me, Dan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened, Ricks? Did you lose me? <laughs> Ricky's gone again. <laughs> Has Ricky gone again? Saxy, can, have you gone? Have you gone? Is it... Christina, can you hear us? Yes. Oh, is, is it? Is Sorry, him? I was on no. mute. I can hear him as well. <laughs> I can hear him too. So it was him that went. But um, you know what? As he's gone... I, I just wanted to jump on to what uh, Christina was saying there about Emerson Royal. What I think is really, really good with Emerson as well. Oh, is he back? One minute. 
I've got you. I've got what a night this is. What a night for the Wi-Fi. Bloody hell. I, mean, I must but, recommend Virgin Media to everybody in North London. Unbelievable. But you know, I, 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 I kind of wrapped up on, on, on the Conte bit, but while you was gone, bro, I was just saying, I wanted to jump on what Christina was saying about Emerson Royal. And, yep. you know, like for his first year, um, I was backing him. The one of the things that I always used to pull out was he, he used to say something about languages. So he, like when he went to Spain, he wanted to learn Spanish to communicate properly on the pitch and with his teammates so he could be integrated properly. He wanted to do the same here. And um, I think it was only last week that I heard that he wants to start doing a couple of interviews in English as well. So you've seen how far he's come and you've seen the performances grow as well. Look at the million pound that he spent on himself during the summer that we all kind of took the mickey out of really because we was, wasn't seeing million pound performances, was we? So um, yeah, but look at that. He invested in himself, he's worked hard. He also got bumped out of Barcelona. So he got he got promised that he was going to be Barcelona's number one right back, but then got bumped out because they needed money and he got sent to Tottenham. And I think that was a similar situation in in, in January. You know, we, we, we were complaining about the right wing backs. They wasn't really stepping up. And, you know, they got rid of Doherty with 18 months left, signed off his deal. And I think that he actually got his head down and was like, no, you know what? I'm going to fight for this place. I'm going to show them what I'm about. And, you know, I, I don't want to leave again. I'm enjoying it here. Do you know what I mean? And and what he done was instead of, like, complain and kind of be down in the dumps about it, he stepped up and put his head down and worked hard. And we're seeing that right now. So, well, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, all right, it's a couple of performances, <laughs> Emerson, but I applaud those couple of performances. I pl- applaud your reaction to the criticism and the booms yep. and stuff like that. And I applaud, uh, applaud how far you're going. Just keep it going, Sunshine. Keep it going. Absolutely. Yeah, listen, we, I think we all love a story where a player is like an underdog and they've really kind of had to ride the storm. And that's exactly what Emerson has done, to be fair. Um, Christine, if I can just bring, bring it back to you with Conte's absence. I mean, look, I think we're not getting away from the fact now just how highly influential he still is in terms of those decisions being made, both obviously in-game and also beforehand in terms of selections. I just want your thoughts on, you know, where we are right now. Are you in a desperate rush to get Antonio back or has Tadini proved to you so far with this current run that he's been on when he has been in charge that he's more than capable of getting the most out of those players so far? I mean, he's doing a good job so far. So why should we be in the rush right now? Um, And like I said, like we've said previously, like I'm sure Conte is still getting involved as much as he can at the moment. So, you know, he's getting his rest. Um, and yeah, I don't think there should be any rush at all. It will be, I think this is now though, the big test with Chelsea, this game, this is what's going to say it all. And it's not just with the managers as well. It's the players. It's going to be a huge test, um, for both of us. Um, but yeah, um, no rush at all for me. I'm happy with how it's going. I liked, I like the team, um, where it was on Wednesday, on Wednesday at West Ham. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy with it so far. Dan, I haven't asked you about Antonio yet. Look, I mean, again, we've mentioned the point, Stellini, how impressive he has been across the aggregate scoreline whilst managing the club. Again, I will make that point of Conte being a highly influential point. In relation to the guys and the way they're managing that, Son has been a player that has had to be managed carefully, you'd say, during this really difficult period for him. Both, you may be able to say fitness-wise, because there was that comment from Stingley saying it wasn't just about the fact of putting him on the bench for West Ham. It was the fact that he actually needed it from a fitness perspective. So just to get your thoughts, Dan, on how you feel 
that seems to be really firing Son up when he comes off the bench. Is that almost you feel his role now, or do you think that's a lack of respect to what Son has achieved, given the fact he was only the golden boot winner last season for Spurs? Uh, probably a bit of both. <laughs> probably a bit of both. I think that's why he started so much. I think if, if form was anything to go by, I think he probably deserved a bit of a stint on the bench earlier, in my opinion. I mean, he's been pretty poor this season. But I think he scored five Premier League goals and four of them have come off the bench. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Some of it's roughly that, but it's it's a crazy it's a crazy stat. We've got the hat trick against Leicester, didn't he? Yeah, and then the one yeah. the other day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, to be honest, I, I think I'd stick with the same team. I, I don't think Richarlison had a great game last week, but I think I'd stick with the same team against Chelsea, exactly the same, and then bring Son on potentially because I think Son is ten times more effective uh, running on like just tired legs after seventy minutes. I think the goal the other day was a great example. I mean, he could have outpaced the, the West Ham defenders anyway, but the fact that he just come on completely fresh, um, Kane started it through and he just tucked it away. I, I just I just don't think when you've played so well, I think he's the only one that potentially does come in and, and changes the eleven. But I think if it was if it was my my team team talk, I yeah. think I'd stick with Richardson for now, hundred percent. It's interesting because with Charlotte and Dan sticking with you, he looked really dejected when he was coming off. I don't think he was angry with him being being substitutes. I think he was more angry with the fact of the lack of real threat he mm. had on the game. Do you think, you know, we've we've tried to play Son almost into form, really, mm-hmm. when there has been an argument, like you said, Dan, that he should have maybe been dropped earlier. How do you mm. see that with Richarlison? Do you feel again with him that he's deserving now of a run, given that he is now back to what we understand full fitness? Because it feels really unfair that we're not going to give Richarlison almost the same opportunities as what Son has had to get back into form. And I will pick up a point which I think King Connell was saying here is that also Richie isn't a wide forward player and therefore we're almost having to ask him to play out of position where, I mean, I can only speak for when I did see him at Everton, he looked more influential when he was straight down the middle. So, i.e. the position Kane does play, but obviously Mm -hmm. Kane is now dropping back deeper. So where do you stand on Richarlison and the role he's been asked to play in this team and where he deserves more game time? Well, I guess he he didn't get the respect that Son got purely because of what Son had done for Tottenham over the last six years. So that's understandable. But I mean, didn't Richardson play wide forward for Watford before he moved to Everton? I think he did. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I get his point. I think he is a better number number nine, like he played for Brazil. But I mm. think I think that's probably maybe a bit of an excuse for him. I think his poor performances. But I think it's just been so stop start that yeah. it's kind of understandable. I think he's. Um, He's well, Brazil's number nine for God's sake, so he's got a ton of ton of ability. But I think he's just getting that into that rhythm of games and, and everything. And I think the reason why he was so upset at coming off was because he knows that I don't think he scored a Premier League goal this season. Uh, that is which which is a, a crazy crazy thing to think. If you'd have told us in August mm. that you'd get to twenty five games in and Richarlison hasn't scored once, I mean you'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, whether he's whether he's a number nine or a, or a wide forward, he needs to get used to being a wide forward because he ain't he ain't going to become a number nine at Tottenham unless we change the formation. So, yeah. Before we look ahead to uh, Chelsea to come down, just you, I think you mentioned towards the start of the show, it was quite interesting. We saw Mora coming on, and mm-hmm. I think many of us were expecting Dan Juma to be ahead mm-hmm. of him in the pecking order. I mean, it's almost similar to when we're going back to that situation when Bergwijn was here, and we're like, why is Mora mm-hmm. coming on ahead of Bergwijn? We are now in the situation where Mora, who's been so unfit, no disrespect to him in terms of the injuries that he's picked up, he's battling his way back. There's been a lot of talk over the last week that Fenerbahce are in for him, potentially either at the end of the season or even now playing Spurs, a nominal fee. I understand, I think the window in March for... I think the window goes to around early March for... The Turkish club, so Mora can still move there for a nominal fee. I don't think Spurs will be writing off any kind of a fee if they don't want to or need to. 
where do you stand on that? Should Dan Juma be getting more game time, given the fact that we've only got him here, Dan, until the end of the season, as well, things stand? I was going to say, I, I kind of wondered to myself whether he, he regrets ditching Everton at a certain point. Because I think if you're sitting on the bench and uh, Son's playing, Kane's playing, Kulisewski's playing, uh, Richarlison's obviously in, in front of you, and then Lucas comes on in front of you, you're sixth choice attacker. It does seem like a really bizarre one. I think he was he was clearly bought just for a bit of backup and a bit of strength in sort of numbers, but it did seem a bit strange to me. I, I, I'd be interested to see what he does. But I think I think the, not the problem, but the the hard thing for him is that I think Lucas is a bit of a bit of a favourite to Conte and the, and the and the team. I don't think he's you know I think a lot of the fans sort of write Lucas off and think he's some sort of useless you know past it winger, which maybe he is. I don't know, but uh, I think I think the the management team still think he can do a job, but maybe not from the start. But I think he's definitely yeah. going to play a lot of minutes till the end of the season. Yeah, I just interested your thoughts on that, Christina, for you as well with Mora. I mean, look, a player that will be, I think, really held in high esteem for Spurs whenever he chooses to obviously end that career. We obviously know he's going to be leaving the club on a free transfer in the summer, no matter what happens. Listen, it could be earlier. As I said, those are reports are out there with regards to a move to Turkey. Uh, again, I will say that his agent seems to have shut them down and said at the moment there is no negotiations. But obviously there's also that argument there's no smoke without fire do you think Dan Juma given the fact that he's only here on a short-term deal I do obviously understand there's, a, there's a, obviously a, an option to buy there do you think he'll be frustrated that given he scored on his debut he hasn't had more opportunities to date I mean it's still early days right was, I mean I feel like that he's definitely going to come on at some point um there's way more opportunities um coming to him so I I, I did think it was strange when they got more on I was a bit like really like what, what was really the point of that? I don't know. It was just, I don't know if they were just letting him sort of run around the pitch for a bit, like as if it was like a training <laughs> almost. I don't know. It 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 seemed a bit odd to me, um, but mm. I'm really hoping to see more of him. I don't know if they're hoping to bring him on more for cup games. I don't know. Um, mm. But I yeah. would personally like to have him for Premier League as well. Um, he's a young guy. He showed us on his debut what he can do. I'm, yeah. I'm really, I'm hoping to see more of him and, I would hope to actually see him in the Chelsea game as well, um, whether that be a sub. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with um, it was a strange decision, I thought, to make bringing more on. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, Rick's coming over to you just to close this subject. I mean, we have been here before. And it's always like we're here again. Many would question the fact that, obviously, with Bergvine, he's like a game, game time where you'd find that Mora would come on ahead of him, despite no disrespect to Lucas at the time, not really contributing enough to warrant maybe coming on ahead of Bergvine. Do you think we're almost in that situation again now with Dan Juma and Mora? Is it just far too early to tell? But it is only the one game. I only just obviously reflect on this because Dan Juma scored in his debut and... You haven't really seen him since. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I, th I, I think it's more of a thing. I think it's more of a, a, a respect thing right now for the amount of years that he's been there and for, for what he has done for, for, for Tottenham over those years. You know, yeah, there have been dipped performances and stuff like that. And this season, it's been, he's been injured the whole season. Uh, so I think there's a part of that is respect, but part of that might be business. Part of that might be like, you know, if they are in negotiations with Fenerbahce, then maybe they're like, look, he's fit. Like, we put him on. Do you know what I mean? And to kind of, maybe it was a business thing as well. Or maybe it was uh, something along the lines, like you said, he's, he's, you know, not only respected by the players there, but by the management. And, and maybe they were like, we might need him in the future. So let's give him some minutes. Um, and he is a Tottenham player. Whether that's until the beginning of March, or whether that's until the end of the season. So maybe they were get, like looking after Tottenham players yeah. first. 
but you know, I I I, I kind of agree with Christina as well on Dan Juma. Like Dan Juma is a Dutch international. He's young. He's beefy. He's powerful. He's got pace. He's got skill. He's he he's got a shot in him. He's got a goal in him. There's a lot that 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 I really like about Dan Juma. And, and you know, I I always love a a, a Dutchy in the Tottenham side. Like they're just there's just a a bit of magic that they bring. Do you know what I mean? Whether that's Edgar Davids, Van der Vaart, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Jansen. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Um but there's always there's always So I don't know how far down you're gonna go there, Rick, so that yeah, down that you know Dutch I mean? list there. I was like, you know, what for we got on. Yeah, yeah. I had to mention it before the comments got me and was like, oh yeah, what about him? Um but no. Uh, <laughs> no, I think there's a lot to come from him and I think it it, it was definitely a coup to get him. Um, yeah. when we did and let's just see let's just see um, we, we don't know what's going to happen right now Pastor yep. Dutchie <laughs> sorry TTID forever just said Pastor Dutchie on comments for those that are listening so sorry for the decibel laugh as well um, but yes yes I think there's a lot to come from uh, from Dan Juma but I think it's a bit of respect I think maybe that there's a bit of business in play Mora and you never know there, there might be a bit of magic that comes from him as well you know so Maybe those are the reasons that he came on the pitch. Before we go for our first break of this show, just some club news to bring to you that Tottenham have confirmed that goalkeeper Alfie Whiteman has signed a new two-year contract with the club. The 24-year-old will remain a Spurs player now until the end of the 2024-2025 respective campaign. Whiteman's current deal was due to expire at the end of this current season, but he has now extended his stay with Spurs being his boyhood club. And the shot stopper has now returned to the club at the end of last year following two separate loans with Swedish side Dagger Fours. Now, and we have seen that he has had to step up initially now to join the first team at Hotspur way following the injury to Hugo Lloris, where essentially he's stepping up to become the third choice goalkeeper and provide cover for Forster and Austin on a match day. He did, of course, get uh, <laughs> eight minutes, of course, for that Europa League tie against Ludogorets back in 2021. You, I wouldn't uh, blame you if you forgot that tie. I think we've all tried to forget any form of Europa League football, with no disrespect. Um, from a Spurs perspective, it does mean they keep a homegrown and club-trained player, which is obviously incredibly helpful for squad registration rules. And again, John from New York Rose is probably the best man to advise you on that on our pod and likely on low wages for a Prem footballer too. But it is a strange decision from a player that is soon to be 25. You'd probably feel that he'd want to stretch himself even further. But for Spurs, they have got a couple of really highly rated keepers coming through. There's Keely and Gunter that are coming along fairly nicely. We've seen Keely actually make the step up to join the actual first team at Hotspur Way earlier on Wednesday, in which he was involved with that first team squad. So a great experience for him. So what we're going to do, we are going to go for our break of the show. So into that break, you're going to hear from a delighted Alfie Watman, as I say, who has penned a new two-year contract with the club. And also, you're going to hear from Louis Benevente, who gives you his thoughts ahead of Tottenham Hotspur facing Chelsea in a huge, huge London derby to come on Sunday. And when we return, we are getting straight in to that London derby. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've been here uh, since I was nine, ten years old. So to extend for another few more years is, you know, something I, I'm very proud of. Like I said, I've been here from when I was a small boy. Even before that, I was a mascot when I was around six years old, West Ham away. I came out with Robbie Keane, but I wore an old tarap shirt and shorts, you know, so it was like the short sleeve was down to here, the shorts were like three quarter length, um, but I still have it at home. I've been a lifelong fan. You can see the stadium from uh, my parents' house. Um, so just to still be involved and working and playing for the club is, uh, is a, you know, I'm living the dream, if you like. It's been a busy season for you already because, as we all know, you spent the last probably 18 months or so now on loan in Sweden. I mean, it was great just to, as a life experience to live in another country, firstly, to move somewhere by myself in, a, in almost, you know, middle of nowhere. It wasn't a big city, so it's quite an adjustment um, coming from London. But something I really kind of benefited from. And then, of course, on the football side, being able to play games every week um, as a keeper, it's... You know, it's difficult, you're not coming on as a sub or, you know, getting the odd game here and there. So to be number one at a club and to play was uh, something really beneficial and I was kind of looking to do. So yeah, kind of season and a half there, I think served me well. And coming back now, feel like I'm in a better position. You know, I think when it comes to looking at my career, um, I'm, I tend to not try and look as what uh, what's happened. You know, what's happened has happened and uh, I'm just trying to you know, look forward. As a team, it's a collective effort. You know, even for someone as myself who's not playing week in, week out, we're all together in the changing room and training together. You know, when we lose, we lose together, and when we win, we win together, and that's the whole squad, not just the starting 11. So um, it's something where during times when, if things get a bit tricky, we all pull together, and it's a real collective team effort. Um, and to be part of such a group of elite athletes is something that I'm uh, very grateful for and uh, you know really try to prove that I deserve to be here. And I've worked with Hugo a while now you know since I think I was 17 when I was first on the bench he was first team keeper and uh, I've learned a lot from him even being third and traveling keeper for a while in, the, in previous years sitting next to him in the change rooms and seeing him you know half time post game pre-game and uh, in training every day He's someone that I really kind of look up to. Um, and then, of course, me and Brand have known each other a long time, come through the academy. So uh, we have a real good mutual respect and push each other every day. Um, and it's been really nice to meet Fraser and work with him. And he's an unbelievable professional and, and great guy. And uh, of course, um, a top keeper who's played many games. All the talented keepers, like you say, who came before. Just trying to get learn as much as I can from each one um, because everyone is different and can bring different things to the table. So um, yeah, in retrospect, thinking about it, I've been very lucky to have that exposure to um, such top professionals. Absolutely, well, Alfie, it's great news as we said. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, 
and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Hi everyone, Crackers here with your events update for 2023. Friday the 24th of February, Gary Mabber at the Rodgers Club in Chessington. Friday the 3rd of March, Harry Redknapp at Cambly Heath Golf Club. Go to echo61.co.uk for further details. Friday the 10th of March, Steve Sedgley, Tony Galvin, Phil Bill are at Dartford FC for South East Thames Spurs Supporters Club. Friday the 17th of March, Glenn Hoddle is at Bedwars Rugby Club. That's for South Wales Spurs. Emerald Spurs events on Facebook have on Friday the 24th of March, Michael Dawson at Row Park Resort, Limavardi. And then on Saturday the 25th of March, Gary Mather at the Bonington Hotel in Dublin. Worcester Spurs, the official supporters club there, Friday the 28th of April. Glenn Hoddle is at Worcestershire County Cricket Club. If you go to at Mr Cracknell across the socials, please take a look on there for posters of these events and further ticket details. Come on you Spurs. Hello guys, hope you're doing well. I'm certainly not as a Chelsea fan. It's uh, not looking great at the moment. I'll be really honest with you. Um, we can't seem to win a game. Seems to be looking down rather than up. 11 points by the relegation zone. And I'll be brutally honest with you, I can't see where we're going to get our next points from. You guys, to be honest, are probably going to batter us this weekend. People will say, you know, Chelsea was turned up against Spurs. Well, that was a Chelsea side which had a bit of fight and a bit of hunger. And unfortunately, I don't think we've got that at the minute. That all, kind of, for me, stems from the manager. Um, I think Graham Potter's a fantastic coach, but I don't think he's someone who's built for the top level. I look at him kind of almost how Brendan Rodgers was at Liverpool. You know, that guy who was a good coach, but just maybe couldn't quite cut it. Um, and people say, well, you know, it's a short period. Uh, you can't really judge it. Look, we've won one game in 2023. We gave Southampton the first clean sheet in 25 away games last week. We're struggling to collect points wherever we look. Real Madrid scored more goals in one game than we have in the entirety of 2023. And for me... I'm just not very positive about it. I think, you know, I'm all for a project. I'm all for backing a manager. But unfortunately, I just don't feel that we've got the right one in to do that. But then again, Chelsea have backed themselves into a corner with that. Sacking Thomas Tuchel was, you know, a, something which, I guess, in hindsight, was probably the wrong decision. <laughs> at, the, at the time, I was looking at it thinking, oh, do you know what? Maybe there's something just not quite working out here. And there wasn't, obviously, in the background, there was a lot of arguments, apparently, between him and Todd Bowley. This stuff wasn't quite as sweet as they wanted it to be. He wanted to be more transparent. Todd Bowley, that is. Thomas Tuchel wanted to be left to his own devices. And it just wasn't materialising and wasn't working. So we're going to have to see what happens now. Um, Chelsea... I think it's just get through to the end of the season. Hopefully we can do something. You know, I'm talking about that fire, like I was saying, right at the start. You know, we had that with Thomas Tuchel against you guys. There was a bit of fight, a bit of a bit of bite in terms of how we played our football. Right now, we're just not looking like it. We're not looking like we are at the races. Um, so uh, we'll have we'll have to see what happens. Um, but realistically, it's probably going to be three points to you guys. You seem to be in a good run of form, playing a bit better. Um, and uh, you know, we're gonna we're looking up at you quite significantly. Uh, and we're closer to West Ham than we are to you. So we're going to have to see what happens for us the rest of the season. But, uh, yeah, thank you very much for having me on. And, uh, yeah, I'll speak to you guys soon. Uh, and, obviously, Ricky, for you, best of luck to you and your family, and congratulations. So, uh, yeah, speak to you guys later. Ta-ra. 
Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Chelsea currently sitting 10th in the table. They've been in a horrendous form. You've got two wins in the last 15 games. A lot of the Chelsea fans calling for Graham Potter's head. I'm going to be honest that when we had a quick preview of this one at the weekend, I wasn't quite sure if Potter would be in place. But look, he is going to be in place as Dan tries to give us a tour there of his Sorry. lovely, luxurious apartment. <laughs> It was Dan, the cat, a... sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, that cat's got some control, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. What, what poor control he's got. Get it? Poor <laughs> control. Uh, Dan, Sign him up. Yeah, that tumbleweed just rolled off in the background there. Yeah, yeah. Dan, fine. give me your thoughts on Chelsea. Uh, how big a game is this for Tottenham in the context of top four? And also the fact it's another London derby on the uh, horizon. Well, for the context of top four, uh, it's, it's, it's big only for us. I can say that because they ain't getting in. Um I said this uh, on Dr. Sun actually the other, the other day. I said, Chelsea give me like a PTSD. They give me bad, bad PTSD because even when they're rubbish, they still work out a way of doing us over. So, you know, I don't want to go through it, but Champions League, um, the, the year 2015-16 against Leicester. So I'm, I'm paranoid. They haven't scored a goal, I think, in four games. I think if that's right, don't, don't check my stats. But that just says to me that either they're due about six or we're going to smash them. Um, they've got so many good players. They've got a really good manager. They've got super, super talented 11. I think Kante's back in training. I saw, I saw today as well. Um, it's almost like, yeah, exactly. It's almost like you kind of expect them to click at some point. You expect them to click at some point, but at our house, at our, at our ground, I'm just absolutely across my fingers, everything crossed that we just stuff them because it wouldn't, how nice would it be to just really like, you know, just really put, put the boot into them when they're, mm. I think, I think we go 14 points ahead of them if we win. Yeah. It would so, be. Yeah. incredible. It's remarkable that we haven't not even only beaten Chelsea at our new stadium, we've not even scored a goal against them. You know, it's actually quite frightening the fact that, you know, when we look at the back end of, you know, the White Hart Lane era where we were playing Chelsea, I think we had a really good record to get. get and I think we'd only lost two of the previous 13 prior to the move going to the top Motspur Stadium, which I found absolutely fascinating when I looked into the stats. I mean, Christina, coming around to you, look, Chelsea fans. Wasn't there two they, goals? Oh, they got disallowed, didn't they? Sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, you know what? When I looked at that start, I just I could not believe that was the case. That you know we we hadn't scored against them. I think um, there may be that argument. I think we beat them on the sorry. I'm always talking about Premier League, but Carabao Cup. Yeah. We did, sorry. We? Carabao That's Cup. It. Lamella. I think Regulon. I think it might be Regulon's debut. I remember that because he had a shocking shocking yeah. first half. I think we're all concerned about again. Well, we had right to be concerned about Regulon. Look where he is now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another situation we won't get to come into on this show. That could take us off to another tangent. But um, Christina, thoughts on Chelsea? It looks like with Graham Potter, they are sticking with him, despite their a lot of frustration in the round, him as being the manager. I mean, I think a lot of Chelsea fans, despite the fact that Abramovich leaving the club in the circumstances he did for when they've been buying up a lot of the young premium talent that arguably, you know, the way they've done it in terms of stretching those contract lengths out for a good seven or eight years. They've got a lot of these players for the prime of their career. Good young players, as Dan mentioned there. Potter has shown himself to be a good young manager at Brighton. I've got to be able to say to you that I wasn't massively impressed by his overall win percentage there. 
Are you quite surprised that, number one, Chelsea opted for Potter? And number two, are you surprised how badly it's going, given the amount of investment in that squad and team? Um, I disagree. I think Potter's doing a great job at Chelsea and I think they should stick with him, um, personally. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Potter in. Nah, Potter in all the way. Um, honestly, when it comes to Chelsea... Our mentality is so damn weak. And honestly, that is what gets us all the time when we play Chelsea. We, we're we a better team than them this season, 100%. Um, it's just the luck of them, like uh, Dan said, like them clicking into place and it's going to be at our game. But this is a huge, huge test for us guys now. If we're serious about this and we win, I honestly think that we could end this season on a positive because we'll be in the race for top four. I mean, I, it's mad to actually say that because of previous, you know, I we haven't done the best this season, let's be real. But I really think if this goes well, we could be ending this on a really high. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know what it is with us when we play Chelsea. They just always, we, we allow them, no matter how bad they are, we allow yeah. them to be prime Barcelona. It's yeah. so frustrating, so frustrating when they are being shocking so far. Um, realistically, we should we should definitely beat them. Um, so yeah, I it's up to it's it's all down to the players, and it's going to be down I mean, to the management on on Sunday, yeah. and they need to show it to us that they are real and they're in yeah. for this race. So yeah, can, can I make a quick point? Yeah, because yeah, I think because uh, Newcastle aren't playing this week either. They're in the they're in the cup final. Yeah. So yeah. this is a chance now to get three extra points on then I think it'd be like four point gap if we win and also I think, they, they, I think Newcastle have got Man City next actually I think so yeah on, on the yeah. Wednesday maybe so yeah, yeah. so it's, mm -hmm. it's, like you say there Dan it's a massive opportunity to really put a bit of a gap there and I think if Spurs do win it coming out of Urix it does actually put us in the real driving seat for top four when I think you know given the season that we've had you would think if you're on social media that Spurs are battling relegation you know but yet we are here at the moment you know got a decent FA Cup tie <laughs> and I've just put the absolute mockers on that and I'm getting clipped the hell out of after Sheffield United when I'm literally finished. Do you know my reaction, what that's going to be? Still obviously in a good place in the Champions League, got to overturn that 1-0 deficit. And now I'm playing a Chelsea side, which, um, Ricks, I can't look at you straight in the face when I say the team Chelsea because I know. you was here four times last season. <laughs> I don't think we even scored a goal, bro. Bro, that's 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 what like so that that's why I'm doing the preview and not the game, all right? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Do it again, four <laughs> times in a row. Yeah, last year, do me a favor in the in oh. everything in Premiership in the cup, whatever we would, however yeah, we were playing and we everything, lost. everything. <laughs> and this is the thing, it, it, like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't even matter about Chelsea. How many times have we said on the pod or in in the pub even or at the game? How many times do we shoot ourselves in the foot? Shoot ourselves in the foot. You tell the time, Rick. You tell the time. It's a mentality thing. I mean, how many times do you say it that? Is. It's about sometimes it's almost the name you're playing that, unfortunately, I feel like as fans, we are already quite negative against that. And I think that's what's yeah. got to really change, hasn't it? You know, I do it there with you as a joke. I said to you, Rick's Chelsea, and I look at you. I mean, you're already thinking you know the worst, but we, we really shouldn't be, should we? This is a Chelsea side that, again, have won two games in 14. They've just lost at home to Southampton who Potter then came out afterwards said, despite the fact they lost their manager in the week, so they were really well prepared. I mean, could you imagine if if, if that was Conte? We'd be going up there like the Simpsons picture, right? you know, with the, with the cat, you know, with the flames in hand. We'd be yeah. demanding answers. Um, 
he does come out with some baffling stuff. I mean, he's look, I think he is a really, really nice, genuine bloke. And I'm not saying with Christina, if he wants to stay, by all means stay. But, you know, do you worry at some point it will click for them? We're just going to make sure it isn't against us, right? Well, yeah, well, you, you look, of course, and that's the biggest worry. Um, one of the things that I saw when I retweeted the, the preview show, okay, today, a little while ago, was uh, there was a Chelsea fan that uh, actually tweeted. I don't know if you saw yeah, this, Rick. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I saw it, that. It, it was something along the lines of, please, Tottenham, do us a favour. You know, beat us so that we can get rid of Potter. And oh my gosh, yeah. right? So, so, so there's, so there's energy coming from the Chelsea fans that kind of, even though they don't want us to win, they kind of, if we do beat them, then they're kind of hoping for Potter to go and for them to go in a different direction. But we've been here before, bro. All right. And, and like exactly what Christina said, it's all about mm. us right now. Okay. It's all about us. We can't worry about the past. We've got to worry about our future. Okay. And Chelsea are up next. It's a great opportunity to, again, build on the momentum that we have created, you know. Um, and I, I would also say this. If, if we look at Leicester, right, Leicester is one of the poorest performances that we, we put in. But even though it was a poor performance, you know, I, I think, not that I think, and I, I'm stuttering because I don't want to say this, but Leicester owe, owe us. Do you know what I mean? Look, we've battered them nearly every time that we've played them. Harry Kane, the the the, the team that he scores against the most is Leicester. How many yeah. times have they been in a winning position and we've come back to beat them, right? Mm. So maybe that was a bit of kind of football karma coming back to hit us in our backside after we just played Man City and, you know, arguably our best performance of the season. And then we've gone to play Leicester, who are, again, they're in relegation trouble and they're in a bit of a scrap themselves and had a poor season themselves. And we've kind of gone in there complacent a little bit and expecting to win and then they come back at us and, and beat us the 4-1 well i'm hoping that the reason i said that is because i'm hoping that that has flipped for this particular fixture chelsea have had us over year in year out do you know what i mean the majority of the time we know what we know what energy comes with chelsea do you know what i mean we know it but this is our moment to to kind of get our own back for for the karma to come back for us especially against Chelsea. So, it, again, it's all about those players. Build on your performances. Go out mm. there and get it. We know that yeah. Benson Kerr ain't there, but look at the performances of Skip and, uh, and Saar once they've been given an opportunity and once they've been given some responsibility. So, it's all about these players right now, man. I, I hope we don't start the same way as we started against West Ham. I hope that we are, even if we're solid, do you know what I mean? I just hope it ain't flat. I hope there is intensity. I hope that I hope the, the fire and the will to win is there for us because... We could we could really put um, like like Dan was saying a bit of distance between us and Chelsea and those that are below us because right now that's what we're doing we're, we're not yeah of course, we're, we're, we're yeah. winning to try and climb up the table but we're yeah. winning right now to push that gap below us even further and further and further away so that top four at a minimum is our achievement come the end of the season so yeah. it's all about this game and getting those three points and those big goals please. Yeah. I mean, I would have said that I'm really worried by the run that Liverpool might go on because we have seen Liverpool, you know, build up a run in the Premier League and go for a, a certain amount of results and get them. But I, I just wonder, when you look at Liverpool and the impact that Madrid result will have on them, coming over to you, Dan, I don't know whether we do look down as, as far as that. I think, again, it's hard to not because it's Spurs and the way in which, you know, the league may play out and the way our season may play out in the next few weeks. It it does feel, Dan, coming over to you, like a real season-defining period where... 
if Spurs now can build up, you know, the momentum. I think we saw last season, I think we won 14 out of the last 15 games. An incredible run that saw Spurs, I think, get into the top four. Do you think, Dan, given the amount of injuries Spurs have got at the moment, Bentacle being obviously the main one, do you think this Spurs side are capable of going on a run between now and the end of the season to get into that top four? Does it have that feeling, bearing in mind what's happening with Conte at the moment and the just the, the feeling around the club, I would say? It feels a lot different than 12 months ago, doesn't it? Um, do you know what? If, I think if you want me to be deadly honest when you ask me that question, the answer is probably no. But what I would say is that I think if you'd ask me that question again um, after we lost 1-0 uh, at Burnley last season and we were seventh in the league and Conte was having a bit of a rant and saying he's not very good and all this, I'd have said no then as well. And it turned around. So it can always turn. That's that's the thing. That's the thing with football. Like Form can turn and, and this, this club have got enough about them to to just turn it on at some point. Kulusevski can find some form. Kane's brilliant. If Son, yeah. if Son turns into the Son of last year, Mm. You know, we can win every game for the rest of the season. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's 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 the, the real thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and talk, talking about Liverpool quickly, what you said yesterday is, is I was a bit worried about them. I'll be honest, yeah. until until yesterday, I was thinking, well, they're up, they're kind of on our tails now. And they're they're the sort of team that are capable of scoring, you know, with winning 12 games on the spin and you know, making it really difficult for us. But I think watching that game last night, I think I know we're not it's not last word in Liverpool or anything, but they no, no, no. I, like I think that game proved to me that there are problems there. You know, yeah. they'll, they'll be they'll be challenging us, but I think there are problems there. Yeah, I think when you look at the sides, I mean, no disrespect to Brentford and Brighton coming over to you, Christina. I think Liverpool are a side that we have to be a bit wary of, given the fact that the kind of players they have in their team. And despite the current you know situation they've got in terms of their Champions League result at the moment, they have shown themselves that they can go on a run and put together a string of wins. And, you know, I look at Spurs at the moment. Have we got the capability of doing that? But that's my only concern that at the moment I'm the same as Dan. I think, being brutally honest, I don't think I see that at the moment. I think a lot of people are referring to the fact that we saw last season with Tottenham, that almost win-loss, win-loss, win-loss cycle. You know, we can't afford to go through that again if Spurs are going to try and get into the top four. So I think that, again, brings even more significance and importance that a win over Chelsea, a side that I said that Spurs haven't yet beaten at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, you know, that would, you'd feel, give a real confidence in the camp that, you know, if we beat Chelsea, we beaten obviously City recently. There's absolutely no reason why we can't now look at the fixture list, which to be fair, on paper, I only speak on paper, it's fairly favourable. I know we've said that before, but you've still got to beat these teams. So it is now a real genuine opportunity now to really go on a run and really put ourselves in the driving seat for that top four. I mean, we beat City. Like, look mm. at how we played against them. If we can do yeah. it against them, we, yeah. we should be able to do it like with all the others, right? It, to me, yeah. there's just no excuses. That our team just needs to focus and get their head down, and need to they need to want to win as well, which is most important. Um, and I just that Liverpool game yesterday, that must have been absolutely brutal for them. Like going mm. two 0 up and then getting absolutely demolished yeah. like that. That is gonna that's got to be knocking their confidence down hugely, which I'm more than happy about. Um, yeah. But that's you know. Is what put that to a side. We need to focus on ourselves. We need yeah. to just go out there and do it at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, it's like I said with the city game, if we can do that, then we can do it with every game, and that's exactly what we should do. Keep that mentality going, keep it go like just keep doing it every every game now, including the cup games. Like we need to be just going for it now. It's the, it's the, yeah. it's all about the mentality to me. I agree. No, it is. I think you're absolutely spot on there. I mean, Rick's look, many will feel that maybe. A win for Spurs against Chelsea almost puts the nail 
in Graham Potter as the manager there. It'd be very hard to see, despite the fact of the significant investment they've given him and despite the fact I know they've taken a number of the coaches that he worked with under him there. You, you do wonder how he can maybe survive, but it isn't obviously last word on Chelsea. It's obviously last word on Spurs. Um, again, what do you feel, Rick, for you, changes-wise, do we need to see if any for the weekend? Is there anything you would change from that 11 that we saw against West Ham? Always, that's tough. I mean, I definitely would start Emerson Royal again, which, you know, after the season that he's had, who would have ever thought that on a podcast we'd be saying that we want yeah. Emerson to start? Do you know what I mean? But yeah, uh, the, the, the solid Emerson definitely has got to start. Uh, back three, yeah, do you know what? I'd probably go with the same back five. Uh, Lengley in there and Davies on the left. Again, cover. Yeah. Um, would have been Perisic in Ricks, not Perisic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, no, I think I'd leave Davies there just for a second. You know what it is? I, I love Perisic's uh, dead ball uh, crosses, uh, corners, free kicks. He, he's definitely once he's in the rhythm, he definitely can get in there and put in a quality cross. Um, but I love Davies, Davies's performances the, the other day, defensively and offensively, intelligent. And he didn't really make it easy for anyone to go past him as well, you know. Um, so I think I'd probably go with roughly the same side against West Ham. Um, I, I think I would even start Richarlison again. Uh, trying, you know, give him a bit of confidence, trying to get him a bit of rhythm coming in. And how exciting is it if someone comes off the bench to go and score the winners yep. or the goals yep. that we need in the second half and run them ragged. I think another important thing to think about as well when it comes down to Chelsea is that with all the players that they have bought, with the change in ownership, with the change in manager, yep. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure somebody's passed it on. I'm sure Terry, John Terry's around the, that stadium somewhere. And I'm sure some of the other teammates like Azpilicueta or someone, someone that's been there for a while will pass it on. But I don't think that a lot of those players especially the new ones uh, over January, have that, that, that thing in their head and that hold over Tottenham that previous seasons and previous teams have had. It's, it's almost been too quick. They've been in crisis. Yeah. They, they, they're trying to find their own rhythm. They're trying to find goals for themselves. Like you just said there, four, four games they haven't scored in. Look how much mm. they've spent. So they're trying to find the right team formation, the right team rhythm, uh, they, they need to start understanding each other's runs and stuff like that. And they haven't really, I don't know if they've had time to kind of sit down and go, listen, we've got to beat Tottenham. We always beat Tottenham. You know, mm. it's, it's such a different squad there, isn't it, as well, Rick? Such totally a different, different squad there now. Such a different totally squad different. there. A lot, of, a lot of the guys that are coming in there, that, you know, no disrespect to them. You know, they're coming in from different leagues, from foreign leagues. I, I don't, again, it's one of those things where, do you understand the derby? I, what I do know is I, I'm sure that Potter will... Whoever the 11 he picks, will, will, I think he knows now. He's under real severe pressure, Ricks, in terms of that he's got to get a result. I feel like he knows that. I feel like for him, this again is so Spurs, like I say this, but there will be no one better for Potter to beat that will bide in the time with the fans exactly. and Tottenham. So I think the thing for me is, as Christina alluded to, everyone we pick from 1 to 11 have got to be on their game and ready. Because I yep. do generally feel this is a game where I think you have to take the table out of it to some degree and the form. And it is going to be man for man who wants it more. It is going to be based on ability and skill and desire and work rate more than anything else, I think. I generally, generally do. So, Rick, let's get your prediction. And, and, and also, our subs are going to be super important as well. Totally Whether agree. that is Dan yeah. Jumor or Sonny or Richarlison, if he doesn't start. Like, our subs are going to be really... If Saar comes into the game... Like, there's, 
the, mm. the, the subs are going to be big because they've got a bench full of subs. And, yeah. you know, with, with the increased sub count now, the amount that yeah. you bring onto the field, they can, yeah. you know, if, they, if they're not having a good half, they could change half of the team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. And they're all quality players that are coming in. So it's about our subs as well and how, how we go into the game. But my prediction... <laughs> my prediction Another Chelsea game, prediction. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's that my again, bro. the game is going to be... I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, oh damn it! I'm gonna say two nil, two nil Tottenham. Okay. Yeah, you never, you never predict a negative result on here. You never do. Never, never do. And I will never. Doesn't matter how down in the we are. I will never. I know, bro. So two nil Tottenham. Thank you, Come mate. On. Listen, been a pleasure, Rick. Oh, this man is in the middle of a, of a house moving around him. He's got foxes everywhere, and he's still makes <laughs> time for last for Spurs. We love him for that always. Thank you so much, Rick. Dan, let's love come over to you. Um, it's a massive game. We can't go away from a massive, massive game. I do generally feel this will come down to real desire, work rate, who wants it most. Will our players understand, the, I say you understand the meaning of that. Listen, they, they've, they've managed big games for Spurs. We had Arsenal last season where every player seemed to get it. I do feel this season on far too many occasions that we have had some of our big players go hiding. I know we beat Man City. I know we've just beaten West Ham as well. It's another game, though, Dan, that we have to be ready for because I do think, as I said to uh, Rick's there, I think Potter will have those players ready. He knows how big this is for his actual career at Chelsea. A loss here could spell the end for him, right? Uh, yeah, he'd have thought so, um, especially if it was a bad loss. I think I think one thing that, obviously, we're always better at Chelsea against Chelsea at home. So we, a lot of our struggles have been away from home against them. Um, and I think... The, the crowd, as long as the crowd know, you know, and the, the, the players play a bit so the crowd can get up and get the atmosphere going, I think it could be a good game. Do you want my prediction or? Yeah, well, uh, uh, before I ask you the prediction, oh, Dan, okay. how, how important, you just mentioned it there, you've got to ask you this as well, we're just coming on that point. How important is it, Dan, and we've not said this, and I think we just mentioned this earlier, starting fast, you know, starting aggressive, starting with almost, you know, from minute one, not from minute 45 or 50. Absolutely. Because I, I just don't feel that we can approach this same game with the lethargic nature that we started West Ham. And we've seen that far, far too often. Surely this has to be the game where we have to start fast. Surely we do, given the nature of who we're playing. Because I think any leg up to Chelsea, I do fear for us. You know, it's the game there mm -hmm. for them. It could change their season, potentially. Yeah, well, absolutely. And the, the thing is, is is that the, the team start fast, the, the atmosphere gets good, and then it kind of snowballs into something that Chelsea can't handle. I think that's so important, especially as it's an early kickoff, isn't it? It's two o'clock, right? This this Sunday. Yep, two o'clock. Yep. So you know, it's not the same as you know four, five o'clock under lights and all that. So it no. needs the, the players need to get the fans yeah. involved, and I think the, yeah. the fans can can push us on completely in this game. I, I, to be honest, I, I think people were saying that before um, before the World Cup break that like, oh, we, yeah. we're only starting in the in, in the second half to play well because we're trying to rest some legs or something for you know yeah. for the long season. Was this conserving energy? Uh, people were saying before the World yeah. Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which which I think is clearly. Not nonsense. Well, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Four, it must be bloody nonsense. <laughs> so I don't That's know what we, why. What we can serve down for the, the next World Cup. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Kane's Kane's can serve an energy in training, so hopefully he's ready yeah. and he'll be ready for the first minute on uh, Sunday. Yeah. Darren, prediction, mate. What are you going to go for? Been love, I must say, mate, love having you back on. What are you going to go no, for? Thanks. I'm going to go for one nil Tottenham with a really, really nervy Ooh. last ten minutes, like a horrible God. ten minutes. Only you That's would put win. me through that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd you take it now, Ricky, mate. Yeah. You'd take it. You'd it's all for those 230 a.m. emails, Dan. What is it's all for, mate, I tell you. <laughs> mate, love you. Have you back on. You'll be back on yes. soon. Christina, coming over to you. 
Uh, as the guys have said there, fast start required, fast start definitely needed against the Chelsea side. That will know. We're, we're going to know, I think, on Sunday how much they're playing for the manager because he's under real, real pressure at the moment. And it's actually interesting what Dan says there. That two o'clock kickoff, uh, sorry, oh, maybe one thirty. it should say, one thirty on Sunday. We have seen, this is no disrespect to, you know, again, the, the timings of games or, you know, the, the way in which they're scheduled that, we have seen it's been quite difficult sometimes to get that atmosphere generated for a half one kickoff on a Sunday. It's almost you go there and obviously optimism and hope, but it's the, the timing does make a massive difference compared to a 4.30, you'd say, UK time on a Sunday. Do you think that plays any any relevance at all into the nature of the kickoff time? Or do you think it's a, the London derby? It's two sides that particularly do have a disliking for each other. And the way that Conte went on that bench in the reverse fixture... Um, probably best that he isn't on that bench for Sunday, given that fact. How much does that play a part into it in terms of the kickoff time for you? Um, let's not be Arteta here. Let's not moan. Let's just go for it. It's just how it is, right? Go Stop on. moaning. <laughs> but anyways, I was going to say to you guys, I don't know if you saw the video of the Chelsea players going through the tunnel quite recently. They just looked completely out of place, all of them. They were mm. like, there was no enthusiasm or anything. It just, they looked like they all didn't know each other. Um this is the perfect time to play Chelsea now. And this is this is literally in our hands, I feel. So mm. this, this is going to be, yeah, a big, big test for us. And I'm really hoping for a big win. I also feel like we need to play dirty in this game as well. I mean, step aside with Ramiro, don't get a red card, whatever you do. But I would yeah. love to see us play a little bit dirty with Chelsea because I hate them and I don't care. <laughs> I think the thing yeah. with Potter is he, Potter is far, far too nice. So I think, again, we can use that slightly to our advantage, you must say. And I think we have to. I think Stellini, to be fair to him, again, it's definitely been a joint effort. We're about what we say with Conte and Stellini, they're singing off the same image sheet. But I do agree that in these games, it is a lot about, as we've said, you know, you know the, the general kind of nuances of playing, as you said, tactically yeah. there. I think Hoybier does that really, really well. I think that's a part of his game that is really understated that he does go down at the right times to almost waste a bit of time and buy time with the officials. So, I think, listen, I think, again, it's all set up for us. All we need now is hopefully the result and it can have a massive effect, you feel, on our season where it will drive us on for the rest. We've got, again, massive season to come. Champions League time to turn around, FA Cup as well. I feel like I can't look at Ricks in the face whenever I say Chelsea. So, for the last time I say it to Ricks on this show... Or with him on the background there, Christina, what are you going to go for, Chelsea? I'm going to go for 4 1 Spurs. Get in! <laughs> wow. Get in. I'm probably going to get rinsed. It's being clipped. Yeah, 4 1. <laughs> 4 1 Tottenham. I tell you what, never, you know what's funny, right? It amazes me. You know, that even the form that we're in, and now at the moment it's a kind of win loss, win loss form. Um, I don't think many people will feel ever as confident as this going to play Chelsea, given the nature of what they're in. But there is still that element, I think, as fans, where there is still that concern. It is still Chelsea. And I think we've got to get out of that mindset. I know many crackers says this as well on here. We've got to get out of the mindset of playing the name and actually playing the eleven Because this is the Chelsea side, I think, as you said there, Christina, where they actually don't really know what their jobs are. You can see there's a real element of confusion in terms of what's being transcended to them when they go out on that pitch. And with no disrespect, if Southampton are going to Chelsea who have got no manager at the moment and a caretaker. To be fair, the caretaker looks fairly decent. I think Ruben Sellers, he looks like a really good manager um, who could become a decent manager for them in time. There's there's a serious lack, you feel, of identity about Chelsea and organisation. Spurs have got to take advantage of playing Chelsea at a time where, you know, 
they're there for the taking. So we shall hopefully see. Ricks, love to be back on Arsenal on Spurs. Where can everybody hear your dulcet tones and catch you across the socials? Oh, goodness. Um, thank you. Always an honour and a pleasure to be on, my friend. You can catch me on Twitter at Ricky J Norwood, which is down here on the screen. On Insta, official Ricky Norwood. And, um, you know, I'll either be on Last Word on Spurs or the Chris Cowlin yeah. Talks Tottenham podcast. And either which one, I'll be... I'll, I'll, I'll be somewhere very, very soon. But yeah, a lot of madness to do before I get back onto the pod. So if you don't see me for a little while, you know why. I'm just sorting life out and then I'll be back in. I'll be back in the game. So but, um, it, bro. thank you. Loving thank it, bro. you again for having me. Good luck with the pregnancy tomorrow, my friend. Good luck to Thanks, you. Mate. Good luck to the missus. Send my love to all well, of say, I'm, not, I'm not the one that's delivering the baby. I will be there in the background as a, well, she might say it's not support, but I'll try and be supportive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, I'll let her judge if it's supportive. <laughs> Yeah, make sure you hold her hand, brother, and everything else will be fine. Well, if she, lets, right? me get, if she yes. lets me get near it, Rick, to be honest with you, she might not let me, she, she might let me in the room. <laughs> no, but sending you loads of loves and blessings. Thank you, bro. bro. I hope everything goes as smooth as can be. And, uh, Appreciate you, it. You're, you're holding your uh, little baby in your arms. Thank you, mate. Uh, tomorrow evening, I suppose. Oh, man. You're a diamond, Rick. Thank you so much. Dan. Love, bro. It's been a pleasure to have you back on last one on Spurs, mate. Like I say, I listen to your dulcet tones, and I know Vass will help, like, love me for saying this. Always, we love the Dr. Tottenham podcast. Where can we catch you, Dan? Almost on a, is it a weekly basis you guys are rolling? I feel like you're always there after pretty much every game. Yeah, usually every Sunday. Every Sunday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. me and me, me and Vass and our two American pals, Sam and Tim. So, yeah, yeah. if you fancy, come and listen. Come and have a listen. Sunday night, always 8 o'clock. Always yeah, good banner. And I'm on, say- on, on Yidvids on Twitter. Yes, please. Make sure you give Dan a follow. Make sure you give Dan a follow. I must say, Dan is the responsible man for what you see a lot of our graphics here on the uh, a lot of the, the, the formations, the lineup. So don't hate on Dan when the lineup is what it is. It's not Dan picking the lineup. It's Dan just creating the lineup for us. So it's been a pleasure, Dan. We we'll have you back on very, very soon. Cheers, and guys. the most positive Spurs fan that's been on this season that called Emerson Royale's arrival before anyone, before any of that Spurs squad is Christina. Christina, always a pleasure. We're having you back on really soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. It's, uh, do you know what? Thank you so much for actually giving me so many opportunities on last one. Oh, um, honestly, it's so it's been incredible and so good to like meeting all of you guys as well. And congratulations and good luck tomorrow. Thank Keep us so updated. <laughs> yeah, literally, quite literally. Yeah. Well, if I'm not here Sunday, you know what's happened. Well, you might know what's happened, but <laughs> <laughs> there is intention to be back here Sunday. There is intention to be back here Sunday. Just to break any ice, I thought I couldn't get in Emerson Royale sacks. It's been declined. We're working on alternatives. You'll find out when, as if soon. God, where's my life going with this bloody show? From the wonderful Ricky Norwood, from the superb Dan from Yudvids, from the brilliant Christina Zandes. Guys, thank you so much for all of your incredible support, your love, your encouragement. Always, always, please keep safe, keep well. We are back with you after Chelsea. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.